भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत नरम चरोत्तम देवी सरस्वती व्यास तय मुदीर नष्टाभद्रेशो निगवत सेवया भगवती उत्तम श्लोके भक्तिर्भवती नैष्ठिके रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद भागवतम कैंटो सिक्स चैप्टर वन द हिस्ट्री ऑफ द लाइफ ऑफ अजामिला टेक्स्ट नंबर एट तस्मा आशु पाप निष्कृतौ पाप निष्कृतौ तस्मा पाप निष्कृत यतेत मृत्योर्पद्यत आत्मना यतेत मृत्योर्पद्यतात्मना यतेत मृत्यो विपद्यतात्मना दोषस्य दृष्ट्वा गुरु लाघवं यथा दोषस्य दृष्ट्वा गुरु लाघवं यथा दोषस्य दृष्ट्वा गुरु लाघवं यथा भिषक चिकित्सेता रुजाम निदान भिषक चिकित्सेता रुजाम निदान भिषक चिकित्सेतरुजा निदान तस्मावाश्वी पाप निष्कृत यतेत मृत्योरपद्यतात्मना दोषस्य दृष्ट्वा गुरुलाघव यथा भिषचिकित्सेतरुजा निदान तस्मार पुरा बिफोर एव इंडीड आशु वेरी क्विकली इहा इन दिस लाइव 
Papa Nishkruta. To become free from the reactions of sinful activities. Yateta. One should endeavor. Nrutyo. Death. Abhipadyata. Not troubled by disease and old age. Atmana. With a body. Doshasya. Of the sinful activities. Drishtva. Estimating. Guru Lagavam. The heaviness or lightness. Yatha. Just like. Vishak. A physician. Chikitsaita. Would treat. Rujam. Of disease. Nidanavet. One who is expert in diagnosis. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Translation. Therefore, before one's next death comes, as long as one's body is strong enough, one should quickly adopt the process of atonement according to Shastra. Otherwise, one's time will be lost and the reactions of his sins will increase. As an expert physician diagnoses and treats a disease according to its gravity, one should undergo atonement according to the severity of one's sins. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The Dharma Shastras like the Manu Samhita prescribe that a man who has committed murder should be hanged and his own life sacrificed in atonement. Previously, this system was followed all over the world. But since people are becoming atheists, they are stopping capital punishment. This is not wise. Herein it is said that a physician who knows how to diagnose a disease prescribes medicine accordingly. If the disease is very serious, the medicine must be strong. The weight of a murderer's sin is very great and therefore according to Manu Samhita, a murderer must be killed. By killing a murderer, the government shows mercy to him because if a murderer is not killed in this life, he will be killed and forced to suffer many times in future lives. Since people do not know about the next life and the intricate workings of nature, they manufacture their own laws. But they should properly consult the established injunctions of the Shastras and act accordingly. In India, even today, the Hindu community often takes advice from expert scholars regarding how to counteract sinful activities. In Christianity also, there is a process of confession and atonement. Therefore, atonement is required and atonement must be undergone according to the gravity of one's sinful acts. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport. So this chapter describing the history of the life of a Jamila is particularly pointing out 
the power of devotional service. Shukadeva Goswami is speaking to Parikshit Maharaj on different uh, topics while answering his questions. Parikshit has asked a whole lot of questions. And Shukadeva Goswami systematically answering each question one after another. <clears throat> In the fifth canto, the descriptions of the various planets was given. The conditions are not the same in all the planets. So accordingly, there is a division depending on the living conditions, uh, upper, middle and lower. And apart from these, there is something called hell. That is also described in the last chapter of the fifth canto, the hellish planets. Sometimes people think there is nothing like hell. It is just to <clears throat> deter a person from doing very sinful activities that something like hell is mentioned. But according to the scriptures, the fact is there are hellish planets and somebody who is very, very sinful has to go to hell to suffer very, very severe punishment. The punishment is very, very severe. And for suffering this punishment in hell, there is a special body that is awarded called Yatana Sharira. Because any type of body that is generally given in the uh, middle or lower planetary systems, gross body, in the upper planet they don't have gross body, they only have subtle body. So any um, gross body that is awarded in the middle or the lower planetary systems, that gross body cannot withstand the kind of punishment that is given in hell. So therefore, there is a special yatana sharira. And that yatana sharira is not going to break down. Supposing somebody has to get 10,000 lashings from the Yamadutas. So no gross body can withstand 10,000 lashings, beatings, not possible. So there is a special type of body fabricated by Maya. This is not story, this is a fact, not some mythology as people think. So Parikshit Maharaj when he heard this, 
as is natural for a vaishnava kripa sindubhya evacha every day we offer our respects to vaishnavas vancha kalpatarubhyascha kripa sindubhya evacha kripa sindhu vaishnavas are uh, ocean of compassion sindhu means ocean kripa means mercy or compassion so vaishnavas are very 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 compassionate just like krishna is karuna sindhu he krishna karuna sindhu so similarly vaishnavas also they are uh, kripa sindhu uh, described as kripa sindhu so being a vaishnava he naturally felt very compassionate upon those suffering in hellish planets he is not thinking that they deserve that punishment because they were so very sinful he is not thinking like that what's the reason why is he feeling compassion what's the reason vijay gauranga what's the reason ha huh? feels bad why why does he feel compassion okay being a vaishnava it's his nature to be compassionate but specific reason why he feels compassion paradukhe dukhi a vaishnava feels uh, dukha on account of others dukha because he himself has no reason for any dukha by his engagement in pure devotional service he is always absorbed in transcendental bliss what's the nature of devotional service susukham kartum avyayam nine chapter of the bhagavad gita krishna describes pure devotional service is susukham kartum it is joyfully performed simply by coming to the devotional uh, to the spiritual platform one becomes joyful brahma bhuta prasanna atma even before beginning devotional service simply by coming to the spiritual platform one can become joyful so a devotee is always joyful on account of his devotional service but he is not selfish that i may enjoy and others may or may not enjoy according to their karma if they done good karma they can be happy if they have done bad karma they should suffer no this is not a thinking of a vaishnava vaishnava feels for others distress so because a vaishnava feels for others distress he also considers how they can be relieved from the distress how can they get relief so parikshit maharaj asks is there any way even these people in hell uh, can be saved how can one be saved if one is destined to go to hell 
So for that, Shukadev Goswami, of course, Shukadev Goswami has already described about bhakti in the previous cantos. But still, he is trying to test his student, his disciple, Parikshit. Uh, sometimes, <clears throat> when hearing for a long time, the attention may be little distracted or diverted, even for those who are sometimes very serious about hearing. So, in order to keep the attention focused, completely fixed on the subject matter that Shukadeva Goswami is speaking, he is suggesting a remedy which is not actually a proper remedy. Guru will never suggest any remedy which is not a remedy. Guru will never do that. But just to test whether Parikshit is attentively hearing. He is suggesting Karmakanda methods of uh, atonement, method of atonement, prayaschitta. Hmm. So, in the previous verse, seventh verse, in response to uh, Parikshit's question, hmm, that, uh, kindly tell me how human beings may be saved from having to enter hellish conditions in which they suffer terrible pains. So, Shukadeva Goswami's response, if one, if before one's next death, whatever impious acts one has performed in this life with his mind, words and body are not counteracted through proper atonement according to the description of Manu Samhita and other Dharma Shastras, one will certainly enter the hellish planets after death and undergo terrible suffering as I have previously described to you. So, before death comes, one has to uh, do something about sinful activities committed. Uh, and uh, here, the important point is, in the seventh verse, committed in this life with his mind, words and body. One can act through his mind, one can act through words, one can act through his body. So, action or work is not just physical action. It could be mental action, it could be verbal action. So, this is the uh, uh, secret of Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita reveals and of course the other devotional scriptures also, they reveal like Bhagavatam, that one can perform action through not only the body, but through words and through mind. Correspondingly, we should as devotees remember that we can commit Vaishnava Aparad through the mind or through words or through the body. Even mentally, Thinking ill of a devotee is Vaishnava Parad. So, how careful we have to be with even our thinking. Therefore, Krishna says, fix your mind on my lotus feet. 
Therefore, Krishna says, fix your mind upon my lotus feet. Because through the mind, we may commit some sin, we may offend a Vaishnava, we may become absorbed in some sense gratification, even mentally. So, it is very risky to allow the mind to wander or to go somewhere else. Fix the mind on the lotus feet of Krishna. So, while describing the devotional service uh, performed by Ambarish Maharaj, the ideal devotee, Savai Mana Krishna Padaravindayo, the first thing that Shukadeva Goswami describes is Ambarish Maharaj fixed his mind on the lotus feet of Krishna. Even Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, while describing the process surrender, he describes Manasa Deho Geho Joki Chumor Arpilutuapade Nanda Kishore. First of all, Srila Prabhupada describes while explaining the purport to the song, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur proposes, let me surrender my mind. Let me surrender my mind. So, mind is very, very important. That's why Krishna, after describing some preliminary uh, 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 process of yoga, in the third and the fourth and the fifth chapter, sixth chapter, he exclusively concentrates on describing how to fix the mind. The problem with the mind, the problem with the mind, because between these three, uh, mind, words and body, because any of these three can be the cause of action. So, if we have to perform all work as yajna in order to avoid karma bandhana, yajna arthat karmanaha anyatra lokoyam karma bandhanaha, then we have to engage our mind, our words and our body in yajna. But, compared to engaging the words or the body in yajna or in yoga, karma yoga, engaging the mind is the most difficult. See, words somehow, you can vibrate your tongue and produce uh, the sound of yajna. Just like you can recite Vedic literature, you can recite prayers, you can chant the Hare Krishna mantra. Activities also, physical activities also, relatively easier to engage. But the mind is the most difficult. And that is pointed out by Krishna in the 6th chapter. So, more or less the 6th chapter deals with 
how to engage the mind the difficulty in engaging the mind so much so that krishna declares in the 6th chapter that if somebody's mind is tranquil one has already reached the super soul just a tranquil mind you are able to actually contact the super soul within the heart but it's not easy to make the mind very tranquil to be able to reach the super soul you see now here let us try to understand what is meant by the mind when krishna speaks about the mind in the 6th chapter and throughout here also shukadev goswami talks about engaging the mind words and body uh, in uh, different activities so mind doesn't refer only to the mind which is part of the subtle body manas buddhi ahankara well describing the eight elements in the seventh chapter krishna describes the five gross elements and the three subtle elements the gross elements earth water fire air and sky and the subtle elements mind intelligence and ego manas buddhi ahankara this manas described as one of the elements is not the mind that krishna is talking about in the 6th chapter that mind is the cause of bondage and mind is the cause of liberation etc in the 6th chapter when mind is mentioned it is referring to the subtle body therefore it could be the mind it could be the intelligence it could be the ego any of them engaged in action in material action is the cause of bondage all the three have to be engaged in devotional service or yagna sacrifice to vishnu only then there is freedom from bondage all the three have to be engaged as much as we to engage of course our words and our body also our senses of action so therefore it is very very difficult to fix the mind or make the mind tranquil it's the nature of the mind to actually wander it's the nature of the mind it's flickering by nature even if one practices trying to calm down the mind from wandering that habit or that nature of the mind cannot easily be changed that's why the real ashtanga yogi practitioners they practice this ashtanga yoga for how many years according to the brahma samhita 
पंथास्तु कोटिशतवत्सर संप्रगम्यो वायो रथापि मनसो मुनिपुंगवाना मुनिपुंगवा the best of the munis the great thinkers the great sages the great renunciants they engage for shatak koti vatsara at least a hundred crore years and the sense in which it is said it is hundreds of crores of years still they are not able to approach krishna through this method at most they can approach the brahman feature of the absolute truth at most so you can understand how difficult it is to uh, make the mind tranquil it is because the subtle body is as it says it is subtle so we can't get a hold over it where is the mind first of all our uh, modern day scientists don't even understand what is the mind or don't even bother to study or know what is this mind they don't even consider it exists because for them what is perceived through the five external senses is what exists anything else is some imagination fiction something which really doesn't exist according to them if it exists it's not of consequence that means there are so much in a uh, gross bodily conception gross bodily conception that's why they cannot think or consider anything uh, beyond this gross body but in our practical experience we deal with the mind and intelligence and ego and we are quite aware that yes i have a mind that's why somebody may say my mind is disturbed now the disturbance in the mind is not a physical um effect Uh, is not a physical problem with the body it is something to do with something inside that everybody will accept in common sense terms of common sense everybody will accept there is a mind and the mind can be disturbed mind can be afflicted by fear by anxiety and now they are talking about stress where is that stress it's in the mind hmm? so uh, physical fatigue of course is okay but the mind is stressed so that mind is definitely to be considered as something which really exists and is there within hmm? now to get to the mind itself 
is the difficulty is the actual difficult uh, uh, process the real problem how to get to the mind and krishna describes in the third chapter the hierarchy hmm? the senses are superior to dull matter and the mind is superior to the senses and the intelligence is superior to the mind and the soul is superior even to the intelligence so he establishes a clear hierarchy why does he establishes hierarchy because the suggestion given for conquering lust is that one should conquer the lower uh, self with the higher self uh, one should conquer what is that verse that last verse of the third chapter the 43rd verse evam buddhe param buddhva among the three apart from the soul the intelligence mind and the senses that intelligence is actually uh, no knowing oneself to be transcendental to material senses mind and intelligence buddhe param buddhva samsthabhyatmanam atmana one should control the lower self by the higher self okay here the subject matter of control is coming so controlling the lower self by the higher self so already so many lower selves are there no than the higher self the highest is the soul but below the soul there is intelligence mind and the senses so controlling the mind by the intelligence is what is being talked about krishna by krishna of course not only the mind controlling the mind and the senses by the intelligence therefore in the second chapter krishna described buddhi yoga engaging one's intelligence in spiritual advancement of knowledge engaging one's intelligence in spiritual advancement of knowledge so this technique is suggested because it is very difficult to actually get hold of this subtle body of course the false ego is not exactly something separate that's why krishna does not include this false ego in this hierarchy the false ego is the misconception by the soul itself about who am i whereas the misconception that i am the gross body or i am the mind or the intelligence uh, these three misidentification it is something like you can identify as separate from yourself with a little uh, spiritual practice 
but even with spiritual practice to become uh, to identify the false ego as not your real self as something which is actually a misconception by you because of your misunderstanding about who you are huh? identifying this false ego is not a matter of uh, separating the false ego from the real ego no it actually is only possible by realizing our spiritual nature our actual spiritual nature that we are spirit and not matter then we give up all material conceptions of the self including the false ego therefore uh, prabhupad particularly translates this ahankara as false ego not just as ego because even though ahankara is listed as a material element that ahankara is not exactly identified as one of the coverings simply by identifying the coverings no you can identify the intelligence material intelligence as a covering can identify the material mind as a covering can identify the material senses as covering but you cannot identify the false ego as a material covering even though it is it is actually a covering for the real spirit soul for the real you but it cannot be identified by any process by any process analytical process so the only way is instead of engaging in material activities you engage in devotional service in spiritual activities and automatically you come to understand your real self you come to identify your real self as spiritual by engaging in spiritual activities and then automatically this false ego is given up the miss understanding is cleared the misconceptions are gone because you come to the real conception of the self so my point was that it is the mind which is most important in dealing with the mind words and body all three have to be dealt with but if you can deal with the mind you can easily deal with the other two the words and the body because again in hierarchy the mind is the highest among these three mind words and body so you have to learn to actually deal with the mind and here the mind does not mean the material mind alone but the material mind the material intelligence and the material misconception called false ego ahankara all the three are actually referred to uh, whenever there is uh, uh, such description of the mind in terms of controlling the mind in terms of engaging the mind in devotional service etc so uh, here the recommendation by shukadev goswami is 
before uh, one's next death comes, as long as the body is strong enough, one should perform atonement according to Shastra. And this atonement will be either severe or not so severe based on the gravity of the sin. More sinful one is, more uh, severe is the atonement. And this is uh, suggested by Shukadeva Goswami and we'll see how Parikshit Maharaj actually uh, will reject this because it really doesn't uh, help a person to completely become free from all sins simply by atoning. I'll stop here. Nantara Srimad Bhagavatam ki jayashla Prabhupada ki jayashla.